Today on Locked On Red Wings, what is it going to take for Detroit to compete in the Atlantic Division? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Lockdown NHL for $20 off your first purchase. And today it's an off day, guys. So we kind of had to, we were brainstorming, trying to come up with ideas. And, and one thing that's come up, Time and time again, Scotty, in our conversations about this season is just about, and we've never really expanded on it, but just how tough this division is, how difficult the Atlantic division is in hockey. And we bring that up all the time. And I think it's with it being an off day for us as the Red Wings do play tonight, by the time you guys are listening to this, and we will preview that game against Montreal in the second half of the episode. But I want to take it second and us to have a discussion about what, Will it take not for the Red Wings to be a playoff contender? Because before you can even be a playoff contender, you have to compete within your own division. And unfortunately, the Red Wings are in a unique position where they are in the best division in hockey. And I don't even think that's debatable. I don't think it's debatable either. I, I, I think that it's abundantly clear this year. And when, like we're about to do, when looking at like the future of the division, there's no team you really circle in there and you're like, oh yeah, like they're going to be, irrelevant soon or they're going to be a you know but like every team is is not only every team is either good or trending in a direction to be good and uh some are doing both yeah and this is obviously a, a very top heavy year the three divisional teams and and it's just it, this this conversation is going to expand i'm sure to broader conversations about the eastern conference as a whole because eastern conference is stacked yeah. compared to the western conference as well we saw that at the trade deadline the eastern conference teams loaded up in the Western Conference, there's only two teams that are across 100 points already. In the Eastern Conference, there's already five teams that are across 100, and that's going to grow very shortly with Tampa Bay going to join that club as well. And, you know, obviously the Atlantic Division has numero uno in the league. They already clinched the President's Trophy with two weeks remaining in the season. The Boston Bruins with 60 wins, 125 points. <laughs> Like, it's ridiculous. Now, after that, it drops down a little bit. Now, because you got to give Carolina the Devils and Rangers their due. Those those teams in the Metropolitan are very good. But those that division is very top half, bottom half. Which yeah. is what the Atlantic used to be. Top five, bottom four. Or but, bottom three, rather, yeah. But this year, the Atlantic division is so deep in competition where you have the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs with 100 points, the Tampa Bay Lightning with 96 points. You also have uh, the Florida Panthers competing for a wild card spot at 85. The Buffalo Sabres and the Ottawa Senators above Detroit at 81 and 80, and the Detroit Red Wings at sitting at 77. The Detroit Red Wings, I'm sorry, the Atlantic Division, Scotty, is the only division in the NHL that only has one or fewer teams eliminated from playoff contention as of a April 3rd. We have one team in our division eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. This is something that we've talked about on end, Scotty, that this division is going to be so hard to compete in unless the Red Wings can find a way 
to work their way through the noise. And I don't know what it's probably going to have a lot of similarities to what this team needs to compete with in general, but to even be in the conversation for playoffs, you've got to beat your own division and to beat your own division, you're beating the best division in hockey in my eyes. Yeah. I I mean, like we said, I I completely agree. I think um, it's, I mean, I don't know how to say it sucks, but like it definitely throws kind of does. Uh, an, an interesting angle on a team that's already, you know, like bottomed out and is trying to come out of the rebuild and whatnot. And and now not only that, but you have to deal with playing in, in the best division in hockey. And uh, for whatever it's worth, not that the Habs are, you know, going to be good next year or or even really the year after that, but like they're they have young talent and they have a core and they're going to get better in this draft and and I would imagine in 2 3 years they're probably going to be in that conversation as well so it's it's <laughs> I don't know when when talking about the future outlook of this division it's 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 going to be seven deep for the next couple of years and then potentially even uh, as as crazy as eight deep you know when you're talking two, three, four years from now. Yeah, because Montreal sitting right now is an 8.5% chance of getting Connor Bedard. They're trying to get Connor Bedard. If they manage to get Bedard, hell, if they manage to get Fantilli or Michkov, that's going to accelerate their rebuild. They already have a lot of good pieces. Part of the reason why they're having such a down year is, one, by design, but two, injuries. And we'll talk about that. Is that the team? That's the team the Red Wings are playing tonight. They are decimated. Seven major injuries that have ended players' seasons. That's that's brutal. A lot of which to key players in that lineup. Now, a lot of those players won't be key players a few years down the road, but in this current construction, those are key players. And so when you're looking at this division, the Red Wings have a winning record against every other division in the NHL except for their own. The first thing that the Red Wings have to do to be able to compete in the NHL and become a legitimate playoff contender is beat their own division, which is the hardest thing to do. So the Red Wings, not only to be considered a playoff contender in this divisional playoff format, Scotty, to be a playoff contender in the Atlantic division, you have to be one of the best teams in hockey. And that is such a tough ask to make of any individual team that's going through a rebuild. That's like, nah, you're not allowed to actually compete for the playoffs unless you're already one of the best teams in hockey. You look at the Boston Bruins, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Linus Olmark, Jeremy Swayman, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak. It goes on and on and on. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. They got Nylander. They got Marner. They got Matthews. They got Bunting. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, Kucherov, Stamkos, Vasilevsky. They have not just one, not just two, but three superstars on their team. The Florida Panthers. They have Kachuk. They have... Uh, Barkov, these are all each and every one of these teams has multiple, not just top line guys, but all star or elite caliber players to compete in the Atlantic division. And as daunting as that sounds, and as happy as I am, Scotty, about the overall progression this team has taken to compete in this division, the Red Wings need multiple of multiples of those guys. And obviously that's why we do, you know, this drafting high as much as possible try to throw as many darts at the board as possible to try and get that guy. But it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. Do you see a single one of these teams that is going to fall off anytime soon? I mean, no, no. I, like, it, it's, it's wild to look at like Boston, I think was everybody's team before this year that they were like, Oh, we're just kind of waiting for them to like go away. And, 
nope. and, and fall off and whatnot. And no, that's clearly not happening anytime soon. And they've gotten a nice kind of injection of young talent to go along uh, with them. And then, I, I mean, Tampa is going to continue being Tampa for the foreseeable future. Are they, I, I don't know, like, are, are they the, the best roster in the NHL from like two or three years ago? I guess not. Like, I guess that's a technically a trend downwards, but like, I don't really care. Like that's still a, a, a team that is very much one of the best rosters in the league and is continu- going to continue to be in a hundred point team for, uh, I would imagine the next couple of years, but I guess like maybe there's a chance that that roster is getting a little older. They're slowly losing pieces kind of every year. Maybe, maybe Tampa, but like Toronto, it, if they keep Matthews, no, if they lose Matthews, that's a different conversation. Um, the Sens are as young and up and coming as we're, we presumably are. And, um, we already talked about Montreal. Who am I forgetting? Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the hottest up and coming teams in the NHL. If you, you ask want to me. talk about up and coming, like Buffalo finally is doing what everyone's laughed at Buffalo for not being able to do forever. And Tage Thompson's having like the definition of a breakout season. I mean, he is, he is one of the most talented like big forwards i've ever seen and yeah he that's that's absolutely they now have a building block they can build around that kid and uh and tage thompson is not the only one on that roster either i mean they have rasmus dalin who i think has been solely on sorely underrated this season because of thompson's you got owen power alex talk do you remember the dalin hype when he came over like the his draft year, it was all about the, you know, Darlene and he was the the household name before draft night even came around. And now just because of how insane and positional bias is a thing too, for sure. But just because of how crazy Tage Thompson's season has been, you know, Darlene's kind of getting, uh, I don't want to say forgotten about, but definitely in the shadow a little bit in the national media. And yeah, he's definitely young up and coming, you know, top tier defenseman. And so if you're the Detroit Red Wings and you're looking at this, obviously you're competing to try and take steps forward. Ottawa's taking steps forward. Buffalo is taking steps forward. Maybe Tampa is sliding a little bit as, as their core right now is in its early to mid thirties. A lot of their players are in it. They're early to mid thirties already. Nikita Kucherov is 29, going to be turning 30 soon. Steven Stamkos is 33. Braden points 27. You got Alex Kalorn at 33. You know, you got Victor Hedman is 32. Their core is aging, and it's starting to show its age a little bit on the point sheet, but they're not sliding down very fast. They're at 99 points or, or 96 points. They're going to hit 100 by the end of well, the they, season. They Again. also do the – they're starting to do like the – I call it the LeBron James, where like the regular season, eh, they'll get to the playoffs, and then they'll turn it up. You yes. know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't need any more president's trophies. Like they're chilling. That, that's not mm-hmm. – they're not going to lose sleep over not having an 120-point season. So – They'll go out there. They'll they're good enough. They're going to make the playoffs no matter what. And and then that's when you see them turn on the Jets, and and they're still going to be a cup threat. And Toronto is unless they they're probably I think they're probably going to lose Bunting this offseason because I don't think they're going to have the cap space. But I don't think losing Bunting is going to make or break their team. Now if they lose Matthews in the following offseason, that might break their team because I don't think an aging John Tavares is going to be all is going to be enough. He's been still very good. But I don't think an aging Tavares is going to be enough to carry that team any longer. You need Austin Matthews. But of all those teams, I can't comfortably say the Bruins are sliding anymore. I've been saying that for like the last three years. And this year, they have 60 wins. (laughs) So the only team I can say is the Lightning, and they're not sliding very fast. So 
to be able to compete in this division, you need to be of that caliber. And that is such a difficult ask. And then, so when we come back, Scotty, we'll continue this conversation and kind of open it up to the just Eastern conference in general, because once you include the metropolitan division, it gets even harder. It gets so much harder because they are a top heavy division as well. And those top three are all young teams. It's incredible. I got to talk to you guys today about game time. Scotty, I don't know. Have you ever had this issue where you go to buy tickets to a game or a concert and you think you're paying like $20 because that's what the ticket price is. And then all of a sudden you go to check out and it's like 60 or more. Yeah. Like pretty much every single time I've ever bought a ticket online ever. Yeah. Well, Thankfully, there's a new option if you want to buy tickets to go to your favorite sporting event. It's called Game Time. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and, of course, hockey. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You buy those tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, we're talking about the Atlantic Division, just basically more or less ranting about how stacked it is. I mentioned before that the Red Wings only had a losing, only at this point, have a losing record against one division in hockey, and that's their own, the Atlantic Division. Surprisingly, with how stacked the other division is as well, with the Rangers, another young team, uh, you have the Devils, an incredibly young team, that's finally got it together. A lot like the Sabres. For years, you've been hearing about the Devils are an up-and-coming young team, up-and-coming young team. They finally got it together. And then, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes at the top. Not like a super young team anymore, but still in that window, that golden window. For sure. Red Wings actually have a winning record against Metropolitan Division. Don't know how that happened, but they've beaten the Rangers. A couple wins against they, Pittsburgh, yeah. Well, a couple wins against Pittsburgh. They've beaten the Islanders, the Rangers, Devils, and Hurricanes all at least once. Same with the Capitals. They've beaten you remember that teams. Devils game, like two games into the season, or three was the games second into the game. season, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, where the Red Wings got shelled, a... but won like five. Red <laughs> yeah. Wings just get dominated, but uh, I think that was one of the first times we were like, "This Huso guy." <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so yeah, Scotty, when you open it up to the conference as a whole, I think the conversation really remains the same. The Eastern Conference, uh, in addition to the Atlantic Division, is entirely stacked. And the Red Wings have a tough fight against them ahead of them when looking at a re rebuilding and completing the rebuild that they have to rise above what the average bar is for point total if they want to make the playoffs. I mean, the NHL average playoff total, I think this year is like low 90s, but not if you're in the Eastern Conference, I don't feel like. And obviously, you know, you have the Florida Panthers, the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins all fighting. They're in the high 80s well, right now. But by the end of the season, that's going to be mid-90s or higher. Yeah, the lowest. The lowest playoff point total in the East. Not the average, but the lowest might be 90 this year. Because, mm -hmm. like, already you have 
obviously three of the four in the Metro are already at a hundred. And the fourth one is either the Islanders or the Penguins who are 87 and 86 points at the time of this recording. So they'll probably both pass 90. And then the Atlantic, we obviously already talked about the fourth place team. There is the Panthers. The Sabres have 81. They're probably, that would take a little bit of a heater and a, a fall by, by Florida. So like the Panthers are, are presumably going to be like the worst playoff team in the East. And they're, yeah, they're going to eclipse 90 unless they, they completely crumble. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely not the average. I mean, I'll tell you that you're going to have, you're going to have six, a hundred point teams um, out of the, uh, out of the eight playoff teams in the East. So that's ridiculous. And don't get me wrong. Those Western conference teams, the, the top teams in the West, I don't mean to undersell them either. You know, the wild avalanche stars, the Knights, Kings and Oilers are all going to finish over a hundred points. So it's going to be the same thing. The divisional teams in the West are all going to be over hundred sure, points yeah. as well. But the, the Eastern conference teams, 10 hit that marker so much faster than the Western conference teams. And they loaded up so much at the, the, the trade deadline. It really feels like it could be the Eastern conferences Stanley cup to lose this year with how good it is. Now that could age very poorly come two months from now, but this is just, you look at this Eastern conference and you look at the Red Wings needs. I think that they have a fun team and I think they have a really exciting young core. And I think this can, this group, Marco Casper, Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider, Simon Edmondson, Dylan Larkin, they can be a very good hockey team. But as it stands right now with this group of young guys, I don't see them getting any better than 90 points in a season at their peak capability without more help. And I don't know how that more help is going to come it, via draft, via trade, via free agency. This team desperately still needs that guy who can put the puck in the back of the net. And we that's not new. We've talked about that all season long. They still need to fill out the back end of their defense because you have, with Edvinson up, you really have three defensemen now, it feels like, but you have the other half of your defensive core. And then goaltending is still a huge question mark because Huso was really dang good the first half of the season, has kind of struggled the second half, hasn't even playing because he's been hurt, and you have no backup. So without those finishing pieces, and maybe even one or two more, because I talked about it in segment one, you need the you need two or three all-star level slash elite level players in this conference to compete. They're, they're not going to make any headway in the playoffs. The best you're looking at is a wild card team. And that's really frustrating and really daunting, but it's it feels like a reality. Yeah, I mean, you know, asking where it's going to come from. I mean, like ideally all three of those, right? Like, like you don't just want to improve your team one way. Like I, I, they're going to have a lot. We've talked about it a million times, but they're going to have a lot of money this off season. And uh, they're a lot of cap space rather. And they're going to have every opportunity to improve that way, even though the free agency class isn't exactly like unbelievable. And then they're going to have a lot of draft picks and they can either use a lot of draft picks to, as you said earlier in the episode, throw a lot of darts at the board and see what sticks, or they can use those as draft capital and, and try or trade capital rather, and try and uh, try and try and bring somebody else in. And, and, you know, it's probably going to be some combination of all three. I'm not going to lie though, as much as I want them to utilize that draft capital for a trade in real all reality and try to bring in a guy sooner rather than later, because I'm impatient. I understand that's probably not the most realistic thing that's going to happen, but I'm impatient. <laughs> um, it is kind of cool looking at a draft board. And seeing like 40, 41, 42, Red Wings, Vancouver, St. Louis, and those are all three picks the Red Wings own. 
and the Red Wings couldn't make three consecutive picks early in the second round. Like, that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that says that that, you know, it's all about it's all about uh, getting your guys. So there's nothing that says that that doesn't still happen if uh, they don't, you know, see a trade they like or if they really like, you know, three people still on the board. (laughs) Do you think the Red Wings would just like go up to the podium? And be like, just list all three players all at once, and just be like, we don't need the time. We know it. I mean, absolutely not. But like, <laughs> that would be cool. No, because they want that time to see if anyone's going to call for a trade. But it'd just be funny and be like, we select with the 40, 41st, and forty-second pick. Right. Three we guys. We don't need time. We know who we're taking. Well, wasn't that an issue with the Lions draft this past year, where they were so excited to take Aiden Hutchinson that the league was a little upset with them that they didn't give the television broadcast yeah. more time to talk about the number one overall pick? Correct. I love it. Campbell was just so jacked up to go get Aiden Hutchinson that he just ran up to the Brad podium. Holmes gets jacked up too, man. Yeah, the two of them. Man. Love it. Uh, so, anyways, we'll transition now into talking about the game preview. We'll do that in segment three. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, and you got to try Built Bar. Now, Scotty, where do I, where do I go when I leave work? To the gym. So what do you think I do when I come home from the gym? You record Lockdown Red Wings? Well, between, there's a little gap. <laughs> you eat a Bilt Bar. I eat a Bilt Bar. Here's the wrapper. Here's the evidence. It was, today was the brownie batter. And they just, they don't miss. They, they don't, don't miss. miss. It's really um, wild. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they, are, they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond, this one was brownie batter. You got it from the 13-bar box that you can get from Sam's Club. And you can also get a four-bar box when you go to Walmart. And those flavors is cookies and cream and double chocolate or even coconut puffs. And, of course, like always, you can go to Built.com to get your Built Bars. That's always the option. It was the OG option, and it will always remain an option for those of you who are like me and probably a little bit too lazy to leave the house. Uh, and built bars aren't just delicious; they're good for you. They got 140, only 100, 140 calories. They have tons of protein, low carbs, 17 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar. Just, just packed with macros. It's it's incredible for you. So go to built.com, go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart. You're not going to regret it. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, the Red Wings are playing the Montreal Canadiens for the fourth and final time this season. The Red Wings are so far two and one in the season series, winning three to nothing to open the season, uh, winning three to two in a shootout, and then losing four to three in over. I'm sorry, losing three to two in a shootout, and then winning four to three in an overtime. So it's been close battles with the Montreal Canadiens every single time, but the Canadiens are banged up right now. Yeah, and bad, <laughs> real bad. Like this, this, this shouldn't be. I don't know. The the odds are are I know we're on the road and whatnot. We'll talk about the FanDuel odds, but they're not as dramatic as you'd think, given that Montreal is actively trying to lose hockey games and the Detroit Red Wings are not. Uh, but yeah, the the biggest thing that jumps out you at you right away is like the Wings. We've talked about how they're banged up and they have like five dudes. Yeah, five dudes on their injury report at, at the time of this recording. I'm pretty sure the Habs currently have 12 so like (laughs) it's not even like they are they are so beyond injured unfortunately um and even when healthy they were the worst team in this division so like now it's it's 
there's very little excuse to to not beat this team kind of handily, to be honest. And just what ESPN has has reported, it's Yurash Slavkovsky, which everyone's known about for a while, Alex Bazil, Belzil, Sean Monahan, Raphael Harvey Pinard, David Savard, Josh Anderson, Caden Gule, um, as well as uh he's not on here, but Jack Eye, the yeah. guy whose name looks like a Wi-Fi password, is what they call him. The nickname for him is which is Wi-Fi password. Yeah. Which is ridiculous but you know i don't make the nicknames so the canadians are, are a really banged up team and you know i'd say there's no reason to win or lose this hockey game there's not really a reason to win this hockey game either depending on what perspective you take uh here at the as the season p- plays out but for me personally i'm rooting for wins all the way through because i don't th- see that three and a half percent or maybe five percent if you get to eighth really panning out number one overall pick. So I say just win as many as possible. Just prove how much you've improved down the line and see how much the young guys can give you. You know, Marco Casper's probably going to play tomorrow. I don't know about Simon Edmondson. I just want to see what these young guys can do in every opportunity they can do it. Go out there and beat this team. Yeah. I mean, especially when talking about Casper, like this first game was <laughs> against one of the better teams in the NHL and you kind of just throw him into the fire. And now, you get kind of a, a more of a let up a, a little bit against one of the worst teams in the NHL. So I'm hoping that that leads to him being able to have a little bit more freedom and comfortability. And and not that he didn't look comfortable against Toronto, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does specifically just against uh, a, a presumably much worse team. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about too, the Canadians, Top goal scorer is Nick Suzuki at 61 points in 71 games played. It's just, it, it, they're just such a bad team all the way around. They're 28th in the league and Corsi four percentage. Not that you're much better at 26th, but there's just, you are better than this team in every regard. Do not let them beat you. Correct. It's, it's just end of statement. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I, 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 it, I really, I would like to win this hockey game. Yeah. I, I'm, we've talked about it a lot. Neither of us are really, um, like actively rooting for losses at this point. And I'm going to continue to not root for losses. Right? And you, you want to talk about like storylines to watch for this hockey game. You know, this game being in Montreal, Casper, you want to continue to watch him play and see how he develops, yeah. continuing that Edmondson, if he plays, you know, obviously those are the big obvious ones. You want to continue to see how much farther, Dylan Larkin can set his career high in points. I mean, this is at this point, you're in, rooting for individual achievements for guys. And there's a lot of individual achievements to watch. I'm excited to watch this hockey games. I'm excited to watch those things. David Perron's been on a heater. Uh, Moritz Sider is at 40 points. He's got six games left. He's at 50 was his career high. He set in his rookie season. You know, how much of a heater can you go on? Probably not 10 points in six games, but he could get close to that. That would be crazy. <laughs> He's been great. Jake Wallman's been great. So there's like a lot of individual players to root for. The Alex Nedeljkovic, uh redemption. I think Grindline po- posted a photo the other day and it said Ned Ned Redemption. Mm-hmm. Well, I just that made me chuckle. Red Dead Redemption. Uh, spoof. It was. It, it, there's a lot of individual storylines, but that's really all there is to it. There's not really a team storyline right now to watch because in a week and a half, the team's going to look much different. Contracts are going to expire and that's going to open the door for a completely new team. So it's just going to be individual growth. I feel like is going to be the main storyline in this game. See what player shows up and shows out. 
Yeah, and, and obviously, uh, again, like especially the young players, you know, we've talked about Casper a lot, and if Edvidson plays, he's obviously going to be someone to keep an eye on. But, um, I mean, even the guys that have been up here, you know, like finish the year strong, try and take some momentum into the offseason and into next season, like Valeno and Berger and whatnot. Like, you have you have plenty of individual performances to keep an eye on as, uh, we, I mean, yeah, Larkin chasing a career high in goals. Like, there's a ton of stuff like that, but – as far as the where the team currently slates, like yeah, it's you know the 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 they're not going to make the playoffs and they're not going to have a really good draft pick. So whatever side of the aisle you fall on there, I guess that's what you're rooting for. But I'm I want to continue seeing them win and I want to see growth from the people I know will be on the team next year because to your point, a lot of of a lot of this group already we know won't be. Absolutely. All right, Scott, do you have any final thoughts, man? Um, I don't think so. We ball. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Recap of the game against the Montreal Canadiens. Same time. Same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.